0: You know, of course, that first time I ever ran on a treadmill, it was like one minute and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> and I was like, how do people like this? This is terrible.
1: Diz Runs Radio episode 1026 starts in three, two. Hey y'all, today's episode of the show is brought to you by Victory Co. once again. And uh, I was thinking uh, recently on a run, what's the shelf life when it comes to wearing a race medal? Um, I feel like for me personally, it's like the same day I'm down with wearing it. You know, whether it's traveling home in a car, on an airplane, uh, maybe walking around a theme park, like whatever the case might be within that 24 hour window, I, you know, not guaranteed I'm going to wear it, but there's at least a decent possibility. Maybe for you, it's 24 hours. Maybe for you, it's 48 hours. Yeah, whatever it is. Maybe it's two weeks. I, I don't care. You, you do you. You wear your medals as long as you want to. But at some point, I feel like for most of us, you know, the medals end up on the metal rack. They're hanging on the wall. They're stuck in a drawer. They're, they're, they're somewhere. We get to look at them once in a while, but kind of that that feeling of accomplishment kind of starts to fade to the back burner, and that's where Victory Co. comes in because they actually are a new company, a startup company, which I'm always – always be a little bit uh, partial to, to the little guy coming into the market trying to make their own way. Uh, but what the folks over at Victory Co. do is they, they create custom charms for a charm bracelet – Based on your race medals, so maybe it's a shout out to a PR or a big race or a destination race, something that's special to you. Maybe, maybe not even uh, a pace type of thing, but just something you know—the the first race you ran with your with your kid or your significant other or whatever the case might be. Completely customized jewelry uh, that you can then wear any old time, any old time that you're you know getting up, getting dressed up, going out, uh, kind of want to want to have that that little reminder of things that you've done in the pl- the past, places you've been, races you've run uh right there for you and you know maybe even start a conversation because you know you know as well as i do any opportunity to talk about a race any opportunity to talk about a a, a pr or a a destination race some something fun from the past running related yeah we're, we're up for it you put your your bracelet on from victory co and odds are somebody's gonna ask about it you're like oh well this charm was from when i ran this race and from this race and when i did this thing and like there you go. There you go. People are going to ask you to talk about your running when you wear your bracelet from Victory Co. So get yourself one by heading over to createmyvictory.com and uh, make sure you use the code DIZRUNS, uh, all one word D I Z R U N S at checkout for fifteen percent off. You can also follow uh, Create My Victory on Instagram. That's that's the handle right there at Create My Victory, all one word on Instagram to kind of see some samples, figure out what they've got going on, see see how. Great, the product actually looks. Um, and then again, createmyvictory.com is the website to order, and Diz runs at checkout to save yourself 15%. Thanks for uh, Amy and the folks over at Victory Co. for uh, sponsoring today's episode. And now, without any further ad- ado, let's get on with today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, today's guest is a lady that uh, definitely stays, ba- stays busy training across multiple disciplines, uh, running certainly. Uh, but also, she's a pretty avid triathlete and CrossFitter, so always staying busy, always doing something active. Uh, she's also done some pretty, pretty big races, at least, that I could glean from a quick glance through social media and things like that, Boston, Kona, so kind of two big ones in the running and triathlon world, um, and no doubt some other, other big races as well. So I have a feeling, I just have a feeling that we might have a few things to talk about today. So uh, without any further ado, we'll, we'll get into it, and uh, officially welcome is Amy Margolis to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Amy. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me and taking the time to uh, chat about some fun things.
1: Yeah, looking looking forward to it. And, y'all, if you want to uh, follow along with uh, some of Amy's adventures going forward, um, her Instagram is it's it's one of those husband-and-wife combo accounts, which is always fun to see, uh, at David underscore Amy underscore Mira. It's got the dog included as well, which I'm sure we're going to get to. I, it's something I wanted to get to talking about today as well, but at David, D-A-V-I-D, D-A-V-I-D obviously, underscore Amy, A-M-Y, underscore Mira, M-I-R-A. Um, and as per usual, we'll have everything linked up. You will have social media links up and anything else we talk about linked up today uh, in the show notes, which you can get to at disruns.com slash 1026, disruns.com slash 1026. Amy's also a, an ambassador for all kinds of companies, which is actually how we, we first uh, kind of got connected and, and got this whole ball of ball rolling uh, as as Fellow Orange Mud uh, Dirt Unit members, which is the, the Orange Mud Ambassador team. Uh, but Amy's also an ambassador for Tailwind Nutrition, Squirrel's Nut Butter, Superfeet, Kate's Real Food Bars, Tonic Cycling, and Highlands Naturals. So lots of good companies that, that Amy's uh, representing. So we wanted to make sure to give them a shout out as well. So, uh, Amy, now that we got all the kind of the housekeeping and, and all the the, the the basic stuff out of the way, uh, let's dive in. And the way we always do around here is to start with with one simple question that uh, can take us any number of ways, especially when we start mixing disciplines in here. So you can answer this from a running perspective, triathlete perspective, I mean, whatever whatever makes sense to you. Uh, but it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why?
0: Well, from the uh, running perspective, my favorite distance is probably the half marathon, um, which is funny because I rarely race that distance. <laughs> but um, I think it's a perfect perfect place to kind of push yourself, test yourself. Um, but it doesn't totally wreck you, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, it's just really a reasonable distance, um, that you can train for while having a life outside of training. Um, and like I said, you can really, you know, you can really test yourself on that distance. So I really love it. I'm not sure why I don't raise that distance Mm -hmm. more often. Um, but, yeah, it seems like I was thinking about it the other day because, of course, I listened to a bunch of your other podcasts and knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> and um, I was thinking, God, I love that distance. But, man, I can't remember the last time I actually raced a half marathon. So I think I'm going to have to uh, put some of those on my on my list. But um, as far as running, definitely. And I would say kind of the equivalent uh, in the triathlon world is the half Ironman. Mm-hmm which is also like a super cool distance. Cause again, you can really push yourself and really test your limits without completely wrecking yourself and, um, not, not having the training encompass your entire life for like, you know, for months at a time. So yeah, those are,
1: those are both really cool distances. Gotcha. And, and so. as, as is often the case when I'm talking to triathletes or, or multi-sport, uh, athletes where it's like, yeah, you know, like just, just a, a little half Ironman, no big deal. Like just, just the half marathon at the <laughs> you know, after you've already swam for a mile and, and ridden the bike for 50 something odd miles, like, oh yeah, just, just no big deal. Um, only, only a multi, uh, multi athlete would say something like that. And, and also I'm smiling to myself a little bit because the, the half marathon easily, I would, I would say not that I keep tabs, but easily probably the, the most common answer for, for any number of reasons. It, it really is a great distance. I, I have no, no bones about that. Um, but I just raced, you know, within the last month, um, a half marathon for the first time in, I don't know, seven or eight years of really like throwing it, throwing down. And yeah. it was crazy to me how the recovery from that hard half marathon took at least twice as long as the 45 mile ultra that I did three months prior. Like just, yeah. just that hammering makes such a difference when you really get out there and push it versus just, you know, cruising for nine hours versus hammering for an hour and a half.
0: Oh totally. And and the difference between like was your your half marathon on the road right. versus yep, the ultra exactly. was on the trails, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that makes such a difference the pounding the yeah, like you said just how hard you push yourself. Totally. Um yeah, that makes a big difference with recovery. Absolutely. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. But uh anyway, that, that's just uh, uh, always a fun fun question. And who knows? Maybe we'll circle back into some certainly some of the the half ironman stuff because I'm I'm always interested to hear more about multi-distance things and um, balancing and, and how sometimes the, the different disciplines support each other, as opposed to sometimes I think as, as runners maybe taking, taking time away from running, like, well, that's not going to help me as a runner, but actually maybe maybe not so much. But anyway, we'll get to that. We'll put a pin there for now. Going back in time a little bit, how'd you get started into the, uh, the endurance field? Was it something that's kind of always been part of your life or, or something that happened some, somewhat recently or, or kind of where'd you get started in running, triathlon, being active as, as, a, as a human being?
0: Yeah, this is not something that has been lifelong for me, but not by any means. Um, And so, you know, when people say, oh, I'm too old to start that. I'm like, no, 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 you're never too old, never too old to start it. Um, I woke up sometime when I was about 30, looked in the mirror and saw myself on a really bad trajectory. Mm -hmm. And... um, just living just a, not a healthy lifestyle and decided I really needed to make a change. And so I I joined a gym locally where I was living and um, got a kind got of personal trainer for a couple of sessions so I could figure out what the heck to do. Cause I was like totally in, in the dark about that. I was never, never uh, an athlete growing up. I was, I was, you know, I always played outside and, and, normal kid stuff, but I was never an athlete. And so this was like a whole new world to me. And, um, I started to, uh, to walk on the treadmill and feel better. And I was like, "Mm, maybe I should try running, you know, let's see, let's see how that goes. And, you know, of course that first time I ever ran on a treadmill, it was like one minute and I thought I was going to (laughs) die. And I was like, how do people like this? This is terrible. Um, but it kind of grew on me, and I just built from there and eventually ran my first five k so that was um, that was uh twenty one years ago, and um, I ran my first marathon um, it was about four years after I started like becoming active. Um, I ran my first marathon and again decided this is stupid. why do people do this? It was terrible. As I imagine, I know a lot of people's first marathon is usually like terrible. Um but you learn a lot and I decided, gosh, I I, I want to see what else I can do. And that kind of led me down the um triathlon road. Like I had a friend that said, Oh, you love running, you should really you should really like look into triathlon and I was like, I don't know how to swim. Like mm-hmm. not that I couldn't swim in terms of like you know i grew up in a swimming pool and you know i could swim across the pool but i really did not know how to like swim um and so i had to take adult swimming lessons um which was the best thing ever i had so much fun doing it and i learned how to swim and i started out doing you know sprint triathlons and that first race again, same thing. It was like horrible. I probably doggy paddled the entire swim for that first race. Um and thought, oh my God, I can't I can't do this again. And then of course, you know, next race comes around and I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I should do it, I should do it. And um yeah, just kinda kinda went from there and it kind of took on a life of its own, really. Um I uh I wound up doing my first Ironman in 2007, so 3 years after my first marathon. And um you know, at some point it just becomes a lifestyle, right? Like it just turns into part of part of your life as opposed to something that you feel like you you are forced to do almost. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good word for it, but um But yeah, it just, it just became my lifestyle. And, uh, I wound up doing seven Ironmans in five years, which was a little, um, a little much. It was, it was fully encompassing my entire life. Um, there was really no time for anything else during that time. Um, I was going through a terrible marriage, um, I was in a terrible marriage, I should say, and, and then wound up getting a divorce through all that. And, um, I think that was kind of like my savior. It was my safe place and, um, a place where I could go, where I could just kind of get away and out of my head and thinking about something else. Um, and so that's why I think I just kind of like totally jumped in with two feet and signed up for every race I could. And, um, yeah, so, but not a lifelong athlete by any means
1: that's that's as as is often the case there's so many things in there that i would love to to talk more about and 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 touch on um and lord knows we're not going to get to to all of them but that whole, if I, if I heard you correctly, and if I got my numbers backwards, that's probably just because my mind is still spinning. But, um, did you say five Ironmans in seven years or was it seven and five? No, seven,
0: seven, seven and five. Okay. Yeah. Even, seven even more crazy years, than five. Yeah. seven. I
1: feel like five and seven <laughs> is a lot, but seven and five, like, like I said, like I said, my, my mind was spinning as soon as you said that. Yeah. Um, I mean, for, for lack of a better way of, of asking the question, I mean, how, how does that happen? You know, like, like I feel like, you can sign up for one, like, oh, this, this could be a good idea. This is something that, you know, I've kind of started to enjoy some of these different things and, and kind of getting into the, the, you know, learning to swim and, and doing some of you know, some of the, the activities that, that lead up towards that. But, and, and I'm, you know, not an iron man by any stretch. I, I I'm like you in, in terms of, I can swim, but I can't swim. You know, if that makes right, sense, I right. totally get that. Yep. Um, but like, I feel like, all right, if I'm going to do one iron man, cool. And you know, maybe someday I'll do another one, but like, we're going to tap the brakes a little bit decompress, see how things go. But I feel like if you're doing seven and five, like it's kind of got to stack them one at one after the other. So like how, I mean, was it, was it just like all in all encompassing? Like, again, I mean, for lack of a better way of asking the question, how do you get seven iron men staying healthy, doing all the training, all the things that go into it in, in such a tight window?
0: Yeah. Well, so it wound up being like one a year. um, And then the, um, and then I did two in one year. And so, you know, for some people like, I know some people that do two or three a year, which is amazing to me, but even one a year is, it is, it is a lot. Um, But I think, like I said, you know, because I was like not in the best marriage Mm -hmm. and I just wasn't in a good headspace myself, that it was just a way for me to kind of get out of my own head and get, get a, really get away from, from that uh, marriage per se, you know, and just, just be, cause most of my training was by myself. Um, and so it was a way like it was, it became my therapy really. And so, um, I just, you know, I said, Oh, I'm going to do one and I'll, you know, I'll probably, it'll probably be a one and done kind of thing. And then I did it and I just, I, I fell in love with the sport and, um, and saw, that it really did help me mentally um, because of what was going on in my life elsewhere. Um, And so I just, I just kept going with it. And um, like I said, it kind of, kind of took on a life of its own. And then I did. So that was 2007. I did one 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, and then 2012, I did two eight weeks apart. And um, at that point I was like, okay, (laughs) i gotta i gotta put the brakes on like i was so burnt out after that second one that summer and i was like all right i'm gonna take at that point i decided i was gonna take like two years off Mm -hmm. and just focus on strength training and other things and having more fun quote unquote um but then i i wound up um i wound up taking 5 years off of of triathlon and ironman um and then did kona in 2017 so um it was good i needed that break mm-hmm. so um so that i could get that excitement back too i mean it was like you know doing kona of course is is amazing and exciting but it was like even better cuz it had been 5 years since i had done an ironman so it was, it was an incredible experience.
1: You, you mentioned in there, um, you know, kind of that, that gap of, of one year to the next until you had the, the two and eight weeks situation. Um, yeah. what was, and, and this is somewhat, not necessarily a selfish question, but a, a scratch in my own itch type of question. Cause it, like I coach runners that's a big part of, of how I make my living. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, there's, there's something to, said about getting to a certain level of fitness, whether it's a marathon, Ironman, half, whatever, whatever your goals might be, you, you get to that level of fitness and, and trying to kind of maintain it, not trying to maintain peak fitness necessarily, but that good solid base as opposed right. to really kind of coming down, ramping back up, coming down, ramping back up and different philosophies, different ways of doing things, of course. Um, but how did you kind of manage your your fitness and your training between between those, those Ironman races, which are obviously like such a commitment. Lots of times I feel, I feel like I know at least, and you can correct me where I'm wrong, you know, four to six months of training blocks to get ready for one of those races. Like, like what, what did it look like for you personally in between those races at at that point in your career?
0: Yeah, I, um, well, I had a, I did have a coach for like my first two Ironmans. Um, and then I kind of self coached myself Mm -hmm. because I, you know, at that point, Um, I felt like, nah, I kind of know what I'm doing and it's never a bad idea, even if you think you know what you're doing to have a coach. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, whatever. Some, some people aren't into that. I, I like having a coach, but I just didn't for a while there. But, um, you know, I would take I would take some time off after after the race and decompress and I would always run though like running was my my go to. So I would always have some you know like high level of fitness of running whether whether I was training for a race. I mean, I would race through the winter for running. Um I would stay on my my bike through the winter in indoors. Mm-hmm stay swimming, but it just, um, you know, not to the level of the peak training leading up to an Ironman. So, you know, I would always have this really good base for all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, winters, I would definitely focus more on strength training, which I didn't, uh, I probably didn't focus on very well until probably about, 2010 or 2011 I kind of put strength training on the back burner for a long time and um, and realized you know this is obviously this is how you get injured right you don't when you when you're not focusing on on your strength as well and you're all you're doing is swimming biking running so um so that really was a game changer for me too um but yeah, I mean, I always maintained some level of fitness for all three, just kind of pulled back a little bit on the training and then just started ramping up again as, it you know, four months out or five months out. I never felt like I needed these huge training blocks because I always had this level, some level of fitness. And for me, um, I'm not some high, high-level athlete and so I know it's different you know when you're um, when you're trying to say qualify for Kona or qualify for Boston or you know run a sub three hour marathon or what you know something that's that's pretty competitive and fast, your training looks a whole lot different than somebody who is just wants to go out and finish and not that i didn't want to do well of course i always want to do do well and um it's always a competition like within myself i'm not going out and trying to beat other people necessarily or um and i was never i knew i was never to the point where um, i could ever qualify for kona and um and i can tell you how i got a kona spot that's a whole other story but um I knew I was never going to be at that level. And so the pressure to, you know, train like, like I was going to qualify for Kona was never there. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like, you know, I feel like the training is different for somebody who's a high, high level athlete versus, you know, somebody like me.
1: No, it it totally makes sense and and it's certainly something that I feel like I can I can relate to and and probably a lot of folks listening where, you know, like like you said, competitive with yourself, you're trying to get your best, you're trying to do do what you need to do, but at the same time, you don't need to kill yourself to to shave off 3 minutes off of, you know, I'm just going to make up a number, this isn't necessarily for you, but like off of a 4 4 hour marathon versus 405, like your life's not changing. Right. You know, right, so right, so right. just get exactly. after it, push yourself, but, you know, all yeah. all, all without going to that that level where you're going to break.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. And it was, you know, it was a fine balance. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and let me tell you, there, I, I've been hurt plenty of times. I've had two knee surgeries for meniscus. I've had Achilles issues. I, you know, I've had my laundry list of stuff. I had a stress fracture in my foot. Um, but really, when I started really focusing on strength training, the number of injuries that I've had have gone down significantly.
1: So um I would love to dive into that if if you don't mind and, and yeah. for, for your benefit, Amy, like uh just so you kinda know, um injuries always get my my spider senses going because my background is in athletic training, um, sports medicine, that that's my whole previous life before I started podcasting and coaching and doing all the things, which I guess kind of ties into coaching halfway well, because I try yeah. to keep people healthy. I feel like that's a big part of the job. Um, yeah, totally. but I, I also, and people that listen to the show know this, um, may talk a little bit about the value of strength training once in a while. And I know runners enough to know that some of them kind of, tune out when I start droning on about how strength training is good for you (laughs) and it's good for performance and it's good for injury prevention and and all the things um so I always love getting different different voices that hopefully are going to say some similar things or at least are on board with the idea of strength training and the value of it um so if you don't mind at least going into a little bit of kind of you know what what was it an injury that triggered you to start getting into strength training or how did strength training become such a part of your routine and then like you kind of already let the cat out of the bag that's helped whether it's a direct causation or whether it's just some type of relation there but like Injuries have gone down a lot since you started strength training. So kind of how did that get started for you as a, as a key component of your training?
0: Yeah, I think it was, I mean, I I think it was that I just always, I was starting to feel broken all the time and I was, you know, I had, I had some resources in my back pocket in terms of like a chiropractor that I was seeing and who did like a lot of soft tissue work. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, he was, he was just like, I I keep telling you, you need to do more strength training. You need to do more strength training. And, you know, I had always kind of blown it off and, um, he were, he actually owned a CrossFit gym. Um, and like I said, he was not your traditional chiropractor, definitely. Um, a lot of soft tissue work, a lot of, um, focus on strength training stuff. And, Working with functional fitness, um, and uh, and so I'm like, all right, fine, fine, you know. And it, there's nothing more humbling than think you're thinking that you're in pretty good shape and walking into a CrossFit gym, and you know, especially as a triathlete, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm in pretty good shape. Like, I've done Ironmans and stuff, right? Walking into a CrossFit gym, and you can't even do a single pull-up, and you're like, oh my god. Right, I can but barely do to, like
1: to your to your benefit. Then when when you have to go run 800 meters and they're like, "Oh my god, that's such a long run," and you're like, what? "I haven't even broken a sweat yet." I mean, at least you've got that right. in your back pocket. Right.
0: right. <laughs> yes. Yes, you're right. But you know, it just it's really humbling, and you're like, "Oh my god," you realize how weak and how much imbalance you have. Right. I mean, my imbalances were like huge too. It was, it was incredible. So it was a huge eye opener.
1: Sorry to to cut you off, but just, just for for clarification, when you say imbalances, do you mean right to left? Do you mean like what, what imbalances are you talking about?
0: Yes. Like right to left, um, hence leading to like probably two knee surgeries Mm -hmm. on the same knee because that side, you know, was so much weaker. And, um, so I had like my stress fracture, my two knee surgeries. Um, I've had some hip hip issues all on my right side. Right. Right. So, you know, definitely knowing like I have some serious imbalances that I need to work on. Um, and, and, uh, and so I kind of delved into CrossFit, like, like wholeheartedly jumped in with two feet. So, Um, and was really doing a ton of CrossFit, especially in the off season of, you know, triathlon off season. So still, still running and biking and swimming, but, um, doing a ton of CrossFit. Like I was to the point where I was doing two days at CrossFit and, um, probably the strongest I've ever been and saw my, my injuries like disappear, Mm -hmm. you know, um, as far as like running type injuries or triathlon type injuries. Um, but doing that much CrossFit can have its own injuries (laughs) in and of itself. right? Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, and then I saw, I saw my run times go down and I saw myself getting faster and I'm like, God, why didn't I listen to somebody sooner? Right. Like, people just, they always say strength training is key. It's key. It's key. And I always kind of blew it off. And, and then I was like, man, strength training is awesome. I'm getting faster. You know, I feel better. Um, And that's, that's when I, as I got stronger, I knew that I could, I, I I could, I could qualify for Boston. Um, I knew that Kona was never in the, in the, you know, in the works, like that was never gonna happen. But um I I knew that at some point I, I bet I, I could qualify for Boston now that I'm getting
1: a little bit faster
0: and a little bit older, which helps
1: too. That's that's <laughs> my timeline. You get just a little bit faster, add about ten more years to the mix and uh, that's right. I'll be right about there. At least at least I'll be close enough to then really get serious about pushing it. But right, right. now it's like man, I'm not gonna knock forty minutes off of my time or forty five minutes right. off of my time, whatever I need. So yeah, get get and a little that's bit where older. I was.
0: Yeah. You know, I was like, I had a huge chunk and I was like, "Eh, there's no way. And, you know, Boston was always on my radar, but it was like, nah, it's, it's not, it's not a realistic goal. I mean, it's good to set really, you know, really good goals, but you want to be realistic about those goals too, you know? And, um, but as I saw my, my run times come down and I was like, God, maybe, maybe I can do this, you know? So, um, so now, you know strength training is just a part of part of my routine now really right. um i'm I'm actually a group fitness instructor now too, so um, I teach at the local parks and rec department uh here in town and at a little private gym as well um, and so you know I try to get other people really excited about strength training mm-hmm. um and and know the uh the benefits of strength training. Um, cause it really, it really makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, totally. And and not only, you know, just from running performance, but also just life, you know, like you're picking oh, up absolutely. groceries or you're picking up your kids or absolutely. whatever, whatever it is, grandkids, you know, you want to, you want to play yeah. with your grandkids 20 years from now. So like do some stuff now to make sure that yes. you're giving yourself your best chance to do so. Um, yeah. Qualifying for Boston. Let's, let's talk about that for a yeah. second. Like, um, what was, you know, you are starting to feel like, Hey, maybe this is happening. The strength training's working. You're, you're if I'm kind of connecting some dots. You're staying healthy. You're, you're continuing to see progress, continuing to improve. Um, was, was it a, I know for some folks, it can be a long drawn out process where you're always kind of right around, maybe you qualify, but not quite enough, et cetera, et cetera. Like, like, did you, did you crush it? Like, how did, how did that kind of shake out for you?
0: Yeah, it was, um, so back in 20, Oh, so 2016 is when I actually qualified, um, but I I did New York City, and um, that was back in 20. Let's see, uh, my years are all mumbo jumbled right. I know. So so I was. My goal was like, oh, I, I feel like I'm ready. I'm gonna go do New York City, and um, my now husband at the time, who I was just friends with, he was like, that's the dumbest thing ever. He's like New York city, you're going to go qualify at New York city. Now, unless you know, you can like crush your qualifying time, New York city is like the worst place to go try to qualify for Boston. Right. And so, um, and I had a terrible day. I was actually sick like two days before the race. I had like a fever and I mean, it just, it was not a good day. Um, but he was like, look, look, I think I, and, and he's not a coach by any means. He's, he's run a bunch of marathons. He's a great athlete. He's like, I can totally get you there. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Um, he's like, but you can't run like one race and think you're going to qualify for Boston. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's just not going to happen. And I was like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, (laughs) and so, um, the year I qualified, I think I wound up running, um, five marathons that year. Wow. Um and every time I just I would take a little smidge off of my time, you know. My average my like my average uh marathon time was about 4:30 or so. Mm-hmm. And I think um the first time I qualified, I think I needed a 3:55. So you know, that's, that's 35 minutes and you don't want to have, it's really 40, right? Cause you want to have a little bit of cushion, um, if possible. And so I just, you know, I just kept working at it and working at it and working at it. And every time I ran a marathon, I, I, you know, cut off maybe five minutes here, seven minutes there um and then i finally ran a 4 hour marathon and and saw like okay maybe maybe it's possible i got to pick the right race it has to be a perfect day um you know all the basically i knew all the stars would have to align for me to qualify um and it was never his intention to um to qualify for boston but he's like well shoot if you're going to try to qualify then i should try to qualify <laughs> Um, And so we picked a race. We picked light at the end of the tunnel, which is um, outside of Seattle Mm. and it's on a rail trail. So it's this net downhill um, race, you know, on like crushed gravel. It's about 2000 feet of descent over the Mm. 26.2 miles. So it's a nice gradual descent. It's usually nice and cool because it's um, up in the mountains and uh, it's just it's just a beautiful race. And so uh, we signed up for that race and and sure enough i i qualified for boston there and um i think that race i ran a 353 um and so i had you know just a smidge of cushion cuz i think I, I needed a 355 um but it was enough to get me in for 2017
1: that's so that's the name of the game if it's enough to get you in i mean yeah. if it's if it's a bq like to me a bq is a bq period yeah. Um, so, but then of course, you know, if, if you want to actually go run Boston, all it's got to do is be enough to get you in it. but it's, it's gotta be frustrating for those that have been there. And I know some of them where it's like, you know, they've gotten four minutes, five minute buffers and that's yes. not enough. And just, Oh, the, 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 I can't even imagine, even though I've had the yeah. conversations, like how difficult that has to be. Yeah.
0: Well, I had, I had a seven and a half minute buffer for 2021 and I didn't get in. Yeah. That's crazy. So, um, but you know, I had I had run it before, so mm-hmm. it was like I was bummed, but I was like, mm, I you know I've run it before, so if that was my first time trying and I had a seven and a half minute buffer, I would have just been devastated. <laughs> like, yeah, oh sure. my god, what more yeah. can I do?
1: What was your so, uh, Boston Marathon experience like? What was how did did you enjoy it? Did you did you push it? Did you go out there as a victory lap? Kind of how did you handle that uh, that day? Oh
0: yeah, so so he qual- my husband qualified as well. And, um, we decided we were going to run together. And, um, so that's actually how I got involved with Highlands Naturals mm-hmm. was through the Boston Marathon. They, um, they are no longer, but they used to be a huge sponsor of the Boston Marathon. And a friend asked if we wanted to be involved and run with the Highlands team. And, um, so we wound up getting involved with them and it was the most amazing experience because they treated us like professional athletes. We got our own private bus to the start. Um, we had all sorts of parties and brunches and a huge party after the race and support. And I mean, it was absolutely amazing. So not only did I get to run Boston for the first time with my husband, um, but you know, I got treated like, like a superstar from, uh, from an amazing company. Um, so it was, it was, a, definitely an experience to remember. It was incredible. So we decided we were going to run together, um, which for him is a little difficult cause he's way faster than me. <laughs> so he had to slow down quite a bit, but in 2017 it was a pretty hot year oh, right. and, um, he crashed and burned and I actually wound up like dragging him along. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we ran the whole race together. We had a great time. We took tons of pictures. It was just, it was a victory lap. It there was no, you know, for me, it was like, there's, there's no reason to go out and try to kill myself. I just want to
1: enjoy every second of this race.
0: Um, and, and we did, we had a great time.
1: It's awesome. That's, that's definitely my plan is, you know, whatever, whenever I get old enough and fast enough that the, that the you know, the lines cross and I get to, to hopefully get to, to Boston one day, um, I'm going to be taking four and a half, five hours and, and no shame yeah. at it at all. Just, just, yeah. you know, soaking it all in, just cruising along, um, yeah. stopping, having, having, you know, somebody offers you a beer, well, we're going to have a beer. Like we're just, <laughs> we're just going to enjoy, enjoy yeah. the whole process. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned and you might've thought you slipped this in there and I would forget about it, but no, 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 no. Uh, the, the Kona story, how did you get to qualify oh, or get yeah. the bib for Kona?
0: So, um, back in 2000 I think it was 2008 I started going to Kona um during Ironman week and uh there is a medical conference associated with the Ironman and I'm a physician assistant and so I would go to the medical conference every year so it's like the whole week leading up to Ironman there's a medical conference and it's mostly obviously sports medicine stuff um so I would go to the the medical conference and then volunteer in the medical tent on race day, which is absolutely incredible experience. I mean, the whole week is just so much fun um, with, you know, swimming and running down Ali'i Drive and just the energy and then volunteering on race day. I mean, it's just so much fun. And so I did that for um, for almost 10 years. I volunteered um, every year. I would go to Kona and volunteer. So, as a thank you to the medical volunteers, um, uh, World Triathlon Corporation would give one spot to uh, a medical volunteer for the following year to race Kona. Um, and you can have never have raced Kona before. Um, so that's one of the stipulations you have to, and you have to volunteer, um, you have to go to the medical conference and you have to volunteer on race day in the medical tent. So a couple of caveats to, you know, putting your name in this little lottery. So usually there's only about. And and not everybody who goes to the medical conference or volunteers wants to race Kona or they have already raced Kona, so they don't, you know, they can't put their name in. So there's usually only about 50 people or so. So it's a pretty, you have a pretty good chance. Yeah, that's of not getting, bad odds
1: for a lottery. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So you have a pretty good chance of getting in. And, of course, year after year after year, I didn't get in. And um, we went to the conference in 2016 and um i got chosen as the runner-up so they pick a winner a a runner-up and a second runner-up and i got chosen as the runner-up which is the worst place you ever want to be because nobody (laughs) ever gives up that spot right like if you get a spot from the medical conference you're not giving it up unless you know something drastic happens um but you get uh you get 1 month to solidify your spot after the conference um you have to have like a doctor sign off on a medical form saying that you're you know you're medically capable of doing doing this and just kind of solidify your spot um within a month after the conference and i mean i like i remember this like it was yesterday my husband and i were up in bellingham washington doing um doing a trail race And it was like the most miserable day. It's like cold and rainy and windy and just so gross outside. And um, I got a call from uh, one of the medical conference guys, Joe. And um, all he says is, I hope you're still planning on um, training for Kona. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And so I called him up immediately uh, because I think he sent me a text. And I'm like, in the back of the car, getting my stuff together, my husband's sitting in the car because it's so cold, and I'm, like, screaming and yelling. He's like, what did we forget? What did you forget? <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. I think I got a spot to Kona. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. And, uh, what was the race like?
0: And uh, Kona itself? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. It was it was amazing. I mean, we went – so we went there for three three weeks ahead of time mm-hmm. to just kind of acclimate to the weather, and – um. You know, again, this this was a victory lap for me, even though it was I hadn't qualified to get there. It was still like something I had dreamt about for forever. Um, And I I did hire a coach for for Kona. I was like, I am definitely hiring a coach for that race. And um, and it was probably my the best Ironman race I had. It wasn't the best by time. I missed my PR by like. five minutes or something, but, um, it was the best I I had felt. I I mean, it was just, it was just incredible. I enjoyed every second of it. I wasn't suffering. Um, at any point in time, I just enjoyed the whole day. It was, it was magical. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was absolutely incredible.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, working in the, in the med tent at Kona for all those years, Yeah. What's, you know, and again, I mean, the athletic trainer in me could nerd out for a whole hour on some of the things that I'm sure you (laughs) saw there. Um, but, but what, what is maybe the most common thing that, uh, that, that you experience as far as reasons that people show up in the med tent at a, such a high level race with such high level athletes, what, what seems to trip people up the most health, health wise on race day?
0: Oh, probably dehydration is Mm -hmm. especially in Kona is the biggest thing. Um, I would say. Um, So I worked mostly um, in a roaming van. So we would outfit these vans almost like an ambulance. And, um, and so I just found it super fun to actually be out on the course as opposed to um, in the medical tent, Um, especially as a PA, because it's, it's a hard spot as a PA um, for them to utilize you in a medical tent like that. So, it was it was almost to my advantage um, to be out on a van um, rather than in the medical tent because I got to do more out on the van rather than um, you know in the tent. So um, being out on the van, lots of cramping, um, definitely like I said, dehydration. Um, you know, we wound up transporting people who had bike crashes. Um, broken clavicles, um, stuff like that. But I would say overall, you know, dehydration is a biggie. Um, and, um, you have to be careful with hyponatremia. So right. like low sodium, right. Cause people overhydrate and right. not enough sodium. Um, but you know, heat related stuff, of course, in Kona mm-hmm. is big.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's for me, and I, I live in Florida, so I'm, I'm, I'm down with the heat stuff. I mean, you know, we, yeah. we, we deal with it, you know, 10 months of the year, but it's always yeah. so frustrating because you can do everything right. And just for whatever reason that day, your body is just like, yep, yeah, yeah. not, not going to happen. Um, yeah. or you can do everything wrong and your body's like, yeah, cool. We got this. And it's just so, so frustrating to, to always have yeah. that in the back of your head when it's, when it's warm. And then especially if you're out there for 12, 14, 16, 18 hours, whatever it takes right. some, some folks for, for Men's. uh, just, I mean, oh, like such a way, such a, frustrating way to have your day cut short is, is heat issues. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, there's, I knew that could happen to me too. right? Right. I mean, you do, you, you do all the right things, you train appropriately and with your nutrition and hydration and you plan and you plan and you plan and you plan and you plan. And, you know, sometimes the day just doesn't go as you want it to. But, um, my day went, went perfectly. It just without a hitch, everything. And, uh, my nutrition was great. Uh, And, um, it was just, it was just an amazing day. So, so I, I kind of, um, that was my last Ironman was back in 2017. And I haven't, I haven't actually done a triathlon since then. That was kind of, kind of my, culmination. And I was like, God, you know, it's hard to, it was hard. It's hard to beat that,
1: Mm you know, that's that's pretty Um, good cherry on top to go out of the the, the triathlon world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't mean I won't go back there at some point in time. Um, I just decided, all right, you know, I, I hit that huge goal of doing Kona. Um, Now maybe I want to try something else. And so I kind of delved into the ultra world. Um, And so, you know, a little bit different direction.
1: Right, right. Which so, is which could yeah. be a whole other podcast. but We're getting getting close uh, to be short on time <laughs> here today. Uh, but but one thing that I you know kind of mentioned in the, in the intro and and uh, certainly want to dive into a little bit because it's something that's near and dear to my heart is is running with the dog. Uh, you know, if you look at your uh, your and David's uh, social media and Mira's too because Mira's the dog and she's she's part of it. Or is it he or she? I don't know. I don't want to get that one wrong. So no,
0: that's okay. So so Mira actually we had to say goodbye to Mira oh, back so and sorry. yeah no that's okay. Um, in April of, um, of last year, she, um, she was 13 and, um, she had bone cancer. Um, I had had her, she was my dog before David and I got together and I had had her for 11 years. She was like my rock, um, got me, you know, through my divorce. And she was like, she was like one of those once in a lifetime dogs kind of thing. Just absolutely incredible dog. And, um, yeah, I still, I still miss her every day. Um, but, uh, we had to say goodbye to her. And then in, um, August we got, uh, a new addition and her name is Ruby and she is now 10 months old Mm -hmm. and, um, she is super, super fun. And, um, so we're, she's not old. She, she can run with us somewhat, but she's not old enough, uh, quite yet to run like you know, long, long distances with us yet. Um, cause she's still a little too young, but Mira was, um, Mira was running with us up until like her diagnosis of bone cancer, until she started like limping and we realized something was going on. She was still at 13. She was still running six, eight miles with us. And, uh, oh yeah, we would take her, we would take her everywhere and, and, oh, she loved it. She loved to run and, and Ruby does too. She just absolutely loves to run. So I'm super excited to, uh, to take her out on more adventures. Um, For right now, we're sticking to about five miles or so with Mm her. Um, But as she gets older, she'll definitely be coming on longer adventures with us.
1: And and where where I was going before I I screwed up and and I guess didn't realize that it was, I mean, whatever, different than I don't know. I, again, put my put my foot in my mouth, which is not uncommon here. No, 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 here. not at all, um, not at all.
0: Because our Instagram never changed. Right. You're right. right. It was always David, Amy, Mira, and even you know when we lost her and we got Ruby. I said, nope, we're mm-hmm. we're not. We're leaving our Instagram the way it is. And they look, they're the same type of dog, right. so they look similar. Right. So, um, so if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. I mean, there's no way, right. there's no way you would know. So.
1: Just, just curious, because I, 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 when we got our second dog, who's now our only dog, because our other dog, you know, that's, as as dogs do, they get old, and then it doesn't, they don't last forever. Um, yes. But but a big requirement for me was that the second dog I wanted as a as a running partner, and and my yeah. dog now is is uh, ten ten and a half somewhere, you know, pound puppy. You don't know exactly what the age group is, but somewhere in that right, in that range. Right. Right. Um, and she's still good for you know thirty five miles a week or so. She gets you know five six with me every day, and usually does a long run with my wife on the weekend. Um yeah but it just you know having a running dog like to me best you know nothing against the the two legged running partners but the the four legged running partner a little bit little bit head and shoulders better um how far did did mira ever end up going what what was about her longest do you do you know off the top of your head
0: yeah, so when she was eight, we ran a half marathon with wow. her and um and it it was a race actually, mm. and they even she wound up getting a medal and everything. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, it, she loved it. Yeah. I never, um, I never ran her more than that because I didn't start running her longer until she was a little bit older. Right. And so I felt like, you know, I never wanted to push her to where she hurt. I mean, that, that never made sense to me. me right. So, um, it's one thing to push yourself to hurt, but there was no reason to push her to the point where like, she had pain from running. I mean, that's not enjoyable and there's no reason to push a dog that far. And and she probably could have gone longer, but she was very happy with, you know, on average going, going six to 10 miles. Um, but yeah, on her eighth birthday, cause she, her birthday was actually yesterday. She's a, she was a Valentine's baby. And, um, and so it was on her, uh, her eighth birthday, we ran a Valentine's race in seattle um and uh
1: that was super fun so always always love seeing people that uh running with their dogs because like i said just near near and dear to me like just dogs in general near and dear to me but then uh, a running dog uh, boy yeah doesn't doesn't get a whole lot better than that but
0: no no and i'm super excited that ruby is just just loves it Mm -hmm. she just loves to run and be outside and be in the woods and um and so uh, I'm so excited to be able to take her on longer adventures with us. And
1: yeah, uh, yeah. many, hopefully many good years and many, many, many good miles uh, with the yes. movie in the not yes. too distant Definitely. future. Definitely. As, Definitely. as we're uh, wrapping up, Amy, I, I'll give you one more question. I call it the philosophical question. It's kind of where we put the, put the bow on things here at the end and, and not, no, no pressure, just something open-ended, not necessarily anything specific to things we've talked about today. Um, but but just curious, you know, you, you said somewhere in there towards the beginning that um, it's been about 20 years, 21 years, something like that, that you've been been running. Um, curious, you know, at this point, 20, 20 some odd years later, and, and hopefully, again, just like with Ruby, many, many years and many, many miles to, still to go. Um, what why do you what, what do you enjoy so much about running and, and just the active lifestyle in general that, that you clearly lead?
0: Oh, that's a tough question because there are so many aspects (laughs) of it, right? There's so many aspects of it, whether it's, I mean, that's how I met my current husband um, was through triathlon. Mm -hmm. And um, that's how I've met some of my closest friends. Um, I feel like it is, again, it's, it's therapy for me. It allows me to, if I'm by myself or just with the dog to think about life and, and um solve all the world's problems or at least all of mine when i'm out on a run right <laughs> or think i have um and it it just gives me space to to regroup you know and um i just i just love the way it makes me feel really too um and and i can't i can't see life anymore without it um which is amazing because the first 30 years of my life, I didn't, you know, I didn't have it in my life. And so I think, God, how different would it have been had I been a runner right from, you know, from being a kid. Um, but maybe I wouldn't love it as much either. So, you know, you never know, you never know where, where life will lead you. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, it's It's something that that makes me feel good I feel I feel physically and mentally
1: absolutely i'm I'm sitting here nodding my head through all that but that, that last little bit. Just feeling good. I mean, that's that yeah. feels like it hits the nail on the head for me, and, and I'm sure so many others that are listening as well. So, uh, Amy, thanks for for taking the time today. And, y'all listening uh, again, follow along uh, at David underscore Amy underscore Mira, even though it's Ruby now, but whatever. We heard that story. We don't need to revisit <laughs> it uh, on Instagram. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 1026. If you want to head back to the show notes for today, we've got some photos and links in the whole nine as per usual. So, uh, Amy, once again, thanks for, for making the time today. Uh, I feel like there's a like a, I mean, I said it a couple times, there's another hour or two that. That we could have done but uh you know gotta gotta be uh cognizant of the time and and let you get on with your day i appreciate the time that you did give and uh wish you nothing but the best going forward
0: yeah thank you so much i appreciate you having me on and uh and hope um hope that that your listeners enjoyed it all
1: right y'all thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Amy and myself, and as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your, uh, go ahead and say it with me now, takeaway de jour, du jour. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is that is that is that a fun thing or is that just ridiculous? I mean, I, probably ridiculous, but whatever. It puts a smile on my face, so we're going to keep mixing that in every once in a while. But anyway, back to the the topic at hand. What was your takeaway from today's episode? What was something that stood out to you from our little chit chat that uh, might be might be going somewhere with you, rattling around in your brain just a little bit? Um, for me, lots of great stories, of course. But when Amy was talking about the value of strength training to help correct imbalances between her right and left side, um, all parts of me started to, to light up as far as the athletic trainer side of me, the strength and conditioning coach side of me, the running coach side of me, and the actual runner myself side of me. Like There were, there, there were so many things packed in that little statement that I was just like, oh my gosh, yes. So easy to overlook the value of trying to keep your right and left equal. And I, I think that a lot of times we think, and, and this isn't a, a dig, I think this too, I, I, I lose sight of this all the time, that we think we're very symmetrical, that our right is basically the same as our left. And sure, we might have a dominant side. I mean, we, we certainly do. Um, but you, you, for the most part, you're like, yeah, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing whatever, if I'm doing a squat, I'm working both legs equally. If I'm doing a push-up, I'm working both legs e- or both arms equally. Um, you know, my, my right side's just as basically as strong as my left side. And the fact of the matter is it's not true. Um, we are actually pretty, pretty asymmetrical, not dramatically asymmetrical. You know, for the most part, our legs are about the same length, but most of us, one leg's a little longer than the other. For the most part, our legs are probably relatively equal in, in terms of strength and flexibility and things like that. But there's probably some subtle differences. You know, if you try to stretch just to your right right toes, you might find you can reach it, and your left side, you might get to your ankle, or vice versa. Whatever the case might be, the, the fact is that for most of us, there's a little bit of difference between our right side and our left side, and, and newsflash, when it comes to running, you you kind of ask just as much from one side than the other, right, because half of the time, you're pushing off with your right leg, half of the time, you're pushing off with your left, and if, if you're unaware of maybe some some strength differences or range of motion differences between the one side and the other, you could be setting yourself up for a couple of less than ideal scenarios. Injuries, like Amy talked about, where it was like the one side always kept being various different injuries, not enough to necessarily re- recognize that maybe one side was stronger than the other, but like, why is my right side, I don't know if it was, I can't remember if it was a right side or not, but why is my right side always being injured? If that's a, something that you're dealing with, maybe it's because your right side's a little bit weaker, or... Maybe it's because your left side is a little bit weaker, so your right side's trying to do more. One way or the other, it very well could be an imbalance issue, and that's why it's so important to work our bodies, to, to try to shore those up in other areas besides running, and obviously from our conversation today, that a lot of times is strength training, and, and not so much even just strength training, because you can be doing all the things in the gym and thinking you're, you're doing that, but also important to at least a little bit work each leg individually. So that's where exercises like lunges, any type of single leg exercises, whether it's a single leg deadlift, single leg squats. I can't do single leg squats. If you can't do single leg squats, it's not uh, that's a hard exercise, but just even balancing, doing yoga poses where you're on one leg versus the other and recognizing the difference in balance, stability, strength, maybe muscular endurance. Maybe you can balance on one leg for seemingly ever the other side, 15 seconds and you're wobbling around like a top that's a sign that that there's some imbalance going on. And working to correct that can be huge not only from injury prevention status or standpoint like Amy experienced, but also from a performance standpoint. If all of a sudden your dominant side doesn't have to do twice the work to make up for your you know your 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 least dominant side, your less what's the opposite of dominant? Your your recessive side? That's not it. But whatever it is, uh your weaker side, probably the right the right terminology. Maybe just maybe you're able to go a little bit farther, a little bit faster. Your endurance will improve because the the two legs are even are are more closely able to equally carry the load. I don't know. I'm rambling a little bit. Not not un, un, not out of the ordinary, but this was just one of those things that was just like, oh my gosh! And maybe it's going to end up being its own quick tip. Maybe this is its own quick tip right here. Maybe my takeaway is turned into a quick tip. I don't know. Um, but something that I think would be pretty valuable. For us as runners uh, to to focus on and to make sure that we're not neglecting the fact that our two sides probably aren't as equal as they think they are. And we might just benefit from raising, uh, you know, improving the weaker side to get a little bit closer to the stronger side. Make things a little bit more balanced, which might make us better runners. So, anyway, I'll step off my soapbox soap now, but I'll probably get back on it before too long. On a on a quick tip to talk about this, maybe even more. Uh, but that was my takeaway from today's episode. Uh, just a, a, like I said, caught me in a bunch of different angles, and every one of them, I was like, "Yes, this is something that we need to talk about more." This is clearly my takeaway. But what about you? Maybe it was the same thing. Maybe it was something completely different. But what stood out for you from this episode? Let me know at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for today's episode, which you can get to if you point your browser over to disruns.com slash 1026. Dizruns.com slash um, 1026. You can also make sure that you click over to the, the Victory Co. Uh, website. We've got a link there on the show notes as well. Victory Co. Or you can just point it put it in your browser. Create my victory. Dot com. Get yourself uh, some some jewelry that you can wear in lieu of your medals um, to kind of have that finish line feeling wherever you go. And once again, make sure you use the code DizRuns at checkout to save yourself 15%. So with that, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up this episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. If you did, hit that share button, spread the word, tell a friend. And until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later, y'all.